This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. (laughs) The reconnection with our gut instinct and our intuition is paramount. So how do I reconnect with my intuition? Reconnection with our intuition requires us to care for ourselves, listen to our bodies, and find ways to meet our needs. If we don't know how to meet our own needs, how are we going to find ways to meet the needs of our children? Valerie Atelis interviews Jessica Ray Strick, the founder of Inner Truth Counseling, LCSW, teacher, psychotherapist, certified Reiki master, writer, and speaker. As a licensed clinician for more than 20 years, Jessica Raystrick, LCSW, formerly Jessica Adams, shares that her inspiration comes from the adolescents and adults that she treats who overcome the struggles of addiction, eating disorders, and family conflict. Effective change happens when the underlying problems are addressed in ways that are individualized and creative. The safe space Jessica offers in therapy allows her clients to explore their feelings, their choices, and challenge their patterns of behavior. Jess works extensively with teens struggling at school, at home, and with the legal system. Her work with parents includes finding effective strategies to reach their teen while opening the lines of communication within the family system. In addition, Jessica's work with substance abuse treatment and prevention has spanned her career while working in the school system, alternatives to incarceration, residential treatment facilities, and in her private practice. She has also worked with individuals coping with eating disorders for over 10 years in a residential setting. Jessica's work with clients is grounded in empathy and connection. Furthermore, her style of direct feedback, in a compassionate manner, helps individuals gain insight and envision and enact new modes of behavior. She finds it rewarding to help people make connections between their feelings and their behaviors, to find healthier ways to express their emotions. Meet Jessica at innertruthconsulting.com and centerfornaturalmedicine.net. Here is the interview with Jessica Raystrick. In your own words, who is Jessica Raystrick? So I am... I have been a psychotherapist for over 20 years, and I am a woman who is really passionate about helping people to find their inner truth. I feel so strongly about along our journey in life, being able to have someone that we trust that we can speak with and get back to our intuition. I 
absolutely love working with people. I love people's energy and I couldn't imagine doing anything else in this world. When did you discover or uncover this purpose, those gifts in you? So I, it's been a process. I actually, when I wrote my eighth grade career report on becoming a therapist, Uh so my English teacher had us write this report and I was very fortunate when I was a young girl, my, I was struggling with my own kind of just inner stuff. I, you know, I felt like I've always been that person that speaks what other people think, but aren't necessarily comfortable saying. And so as a result that, that presented its own challenges within my peer groups and growing up. And so my mom one day said, have you ever thought about talking to a therapist? And I was like, no, people are going to think I'm weird. I can't do that. (laughs) And then I, 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 I did it. And it was truly one of the best gifts that I have ever been given in my life. And so through my own self-exploration at a young age and just looking at who I am and becoming more comfortable with who I am and my quirks and everything, I knew very early on that this is a gift that I wanted to be able to share with other people and just having that space to, to be who they are with no judgment and just have that freedom. And it sounds very much like that. If we can be ourselves. Yeah, that is liberation from my perspective. It is. And I feel like too, who am I to sit as a therapist if I haven't done or continue to do my own work and my own growing? Because it's it's not, I, I'm not doing any justice to people that walk through the door if I'm not taking self-inventory and exploring kind of my stuff as well. And that seems like an ongoing journey or path, right, Jessica? This inner exploration, inner work. It is. It is. And and that's that's what led me to Reiki is that through, you know, I've had just like everybody, we all have our stuff. And yeah. so I a couple of years ago when I started my business, I had three major events happen at one time. I started my own business, I lost my father and I got divorced. And those are, you know, three major events. And so during that process, I again went back to to see somebody and started exploring like how is this affecting me? What do I want out of this next stage in my life? And through that, I had met people along the way. And this one woman said to me, you have a gift. You need to do Reiki. And I followed it. I listened to the universe. I listened to the energy. And it was it was the best thing that I could have ever done. Talk to me about intuition and instinct. How would you describe what intuition is? And is there a difference between intuition and instinct? Intuition, I use the words interchangeably, not necessarily that they are, but I very often use the words interchangeably. As far as intuition goes, my, what I believe is that as when we're born into this world, we're born extremely pure and it's as we grow up, you know, we are in, you know, we grow up in families and so there's a lot of energy. Everybody carries their own energy, right? Right. And so as we develop that energy impacts us in one way or another. And so there are times that through our parents or our siblings, through whomever is close in our lives, we're sometimes we take on their energies. And it's as we get older and we're able to, we're, we're more mature and we're able to self-reflect, it's then that we start being able to sift through what is our intuition and what is not. And to me, intuition is, is your own voice. We all, I believe that we all have our truth. We all 
know our truth, but it's whether or not we listen to it. Because we don't live in a society where we're quiet enough to actually hear what our our gut, a lot of people use, you know, what's your gut saying? We don't often give ourselves the space to actually hear what our gut is saying, but very often our body will tell us like when we're in a situation, like a social situation and something's going on and our tummy starts to turn, your body's telling you something doesn't feel right. But very often we just breeze right by that and just keep going and don't ever take time to reflect like, well, what just happened there? And so to me, that's, that's your intuition is either it it shows through your, your body physically, or it's the little voice in your head saying something's not right here or something doesn't feel right. So for example, can you give me an example of the signs of intuition? You just mentioned the stomach. What's the main message or the most common message when that happens, Jessica? For a lot of people in my experience, they don't start listening until their body starts reacting. So we see that through anxiety. We see that through depressive symptoms. We see that through your stomach turning, your chest feeling heavy, getting frequent headaches, neck tension. So those are all ways in which your body is saying to you something is off. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, you know, like I, I carry, I can carry it in my neck, you know, and, and at the, the base of my head. And so very often when our body is talking to us, it takes the awareness or the pause. The pause is huge. And so what I try to do, and am I perfect at it? No, nobody is. But what I try to do is when I'm feeling something, doing that check-in saying, okay, what's happening? Like what just, what just happened? What am I feeling? And sometimes too, to speak to your point where it can be confusing is our body also houses old emotions. Mm, Right. So if we, if there's some residual stuff that's kind of still in there from stuff we experienced, emotions that we experienced when we were younger, or for some people it's trauma, whatever that may be, sometimes it's looking at, okay, is this old emotion or is this current emotion? And typically what I've found with people is when it's old, they don't know why they're feeling the way they feel. And mm-hmm. and that can very often be a sign of this is old stuff mm-hmm. that's been triggered by something that just happened. Whereas when it's current, it's it's easier to identify, oh yeah, this happened today and this is what's going on for me. Mm, yeah. Does that make sense? It does, yeah, very much. So that's why Reiki helps a lot to release those old emotions, trapped emotions, as some people call them. Let me ask you more questions about Reiki in a moment. Another question I have for you, the open questions, is an open one about um, the purpose of the human experience. What do you think that is? I think every the purpose, everybody's purpose of human experience is very different. Yeah. For me, it's about it's about connectedness. It's yeah. about being human. And I have found I I don't see myself. I I don't practice psychotherapy in very traditional way in a lot of senses, meaning I am very much able to be raw and vulnerable and be in that space with my clients every day. Because to me, it's really important for them to you know, like we all learn in school, you know, don't, don't bring your stuff into the room, right? Yeah. Fair. And if we use self-disclosure, use it in a way that is purposeful for the client. 
I Mm. see it being so important that people know that we're human too. I don't want to be put on a pedestal. I'm not, and I tell people that when they walk in my office, I'm not the all knowing, I don't have a crystal ball, but I'm here to be genuine and be raw and be real with you and, and help challenge you. And what I say to people is I'm going to throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and you tell me what sticks because they have their truth. And, and, I see the therapeutic room as being a place for people to discover their purpose, Mm. for people to discover what the meaning of life is for them. Mm. And for me, life is about love. It's about Mm. the universe supporting us. And if we listen, we can feel that love everywhere. But Mm. very often we can get so caught up in our everyday life and the stresses of being a mom and being a wife and being a daughter and that it's, we need that recentering. Do you have a specific spiritual belief system or practices? Is Reiki a spiritual practice? I, I view Reiki very much as a spiritual practice. I am, for the people that I work with, I believe that spirituality can be anything. And this is what I say to people. It can be believing in God. It can be Buddha. It can be the tree outside of your house. I mean, it doesn't matter what venue you view it in. It's just knowing that there's something else out there. Mm -hmm. And for me, I feel extremely connected to the energy of nature and the universe. And also I feel extremely connected to other people's energy. Like I can walk into a room and feel somebody within seconds. That sounds wonderful to me. That's sometimes for very sensitive people, they can, it might not be a great, the greatest thing, right? Feeling everything. They will absorb the um, negative, heavy energies per se, or low vibration energies. I agree. Yeah. And I think that that's why, I think that that's why in my practice, I attract so many people that are extremely intuitive and extremely um, aware of energy, but they don't know it because energy is not not something that I feel is discussed enough in our culture. And so a lot of people will come in and say, I'm feeling anxious. And there are times where I think some of their anxiety is not actually theirs. It's someone else's mm-hmm. in their life, whether mm-hmm. it's their mom that they live with or their child, or it, it's it's an energy that they're taking on because of exactly what you're saying. They're not aware of how to protect their own energy. Yeah. And I think that it's it's huge. And I think there are so many people that feel these energies so intensely, but we don't, we don't give enough credit to that. We're, we're too quick. I feel culturally to diagnose something. Oh, you have anxiety. Oh, you have depression. Whereas I view these things as they're manifested because we're at conflict with ourselves Mm -hmm. for one reason or another. This conversation is not being um, present in many homes and on TV, mainstream TV. So in this case, if you could give um, some advice or suggestion what to do when we perceive that that's what's happening, that we are taking on energies from other people around us, is that something that you teach also? Yeah. So one of the things that I recommend people do, the first thing is taking that pause. Like when they start to feel something in their body, taking that pause and asking themselves and, you know, it's levels of awareness, right? So these are all things that we need to practice on a regular basis. So the first part of the practice that I teach people is first, like in the beginning of the day, what do I need from today? And so 
starting by meeting those needs, then that's a way to just get in tune with yourself. Cause I feel like we are so disconnected, like from mind and body, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like a yeah. lot of the times yeah. we stay in our head sure. and being in your head is a, it's an emotional and a spiritual override, right? Cause it's easier to think and ruminate than it is to feel. Mm, yeah. So for a lot of people, yeah. I recommend in the beginning is just when something feels off, just stopping and saying, what am I feeling? Like, it's really that simple. Like, what am I feeling? Where am I feeling it? And asking those questions and, and some, for some people writing things down is really therapeutic. So writing that down and then just keep paying attention, keep paying attention. And then over time, you start to see the patterns that develop. You start to see, oh, I, you know, my belly turns when I have to drop my son off at school in the morning. You know what I mean? And then as you, as you see those patterns and that's where writing can be super effective or putting it in the notes in your phone. And then, so then at the end of the week, like looking, seeing it in black and white on paper, and then reflecting, okay, so what was happening at each of these times? So in the beginning, it's literally just about heightening awareness, heightening awareness. And then the next layer is how to stop in those moments and then feel instead mm-hmm. of thinking about it, just feeling it. And a lot of the times when we allow ourselves to feel things, they will pass much quicker than when we try to fight it. Mm, so true. I mean, that's a huge, important message to feel our feelings and to embrace them and and not to try to escape or push away, which is a, a very common practice that most of us adopt, just trying to escape from them. That is so true, Jessica. If we can do that, our life would be very different in this reality. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, totally. (laughs) So I have a few more questions for you. Let me ask you this one. This is a fun question from my perspective. What do you love most about being in a human body? I love everything. (laughs) I love, (laughs) that's a hard question to narrow down. I love feeling. I love, oh my God, this is fabulous. I love (laughs) feeling I love seeing, I love hearing, like I love all the gifts that we have with being in our bodies. Like it's as much as initially when you, when you get into your body, it can be hard because you're feeling discomfort. You know what I mean? And it's when people feel discomfort, you know, most people are like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I want it done. I want it done. Let's move past. But I love what my body tells me. And it's taken me a time to get here. Like this isn't something that, you know, I've been able to do my whole life. It's taken consistent and practice and, you know, commitment. But I love feeling how things affect my body, how what I put into my, you know, what I put into my body, what foods I eat, what, you know, activities I engage in, what music I listen to, all of those things provide a different feeling, what movies I watch, you know, and I I love that. And I, I love being able to share people's emotions with them. To me, that is Mm. the greatest gift that there is in this world to be able to cry with somebody over joyful things, to be able to cry with somebody when they're sad, to be able to just 
feel and be in that moment with them so that they don't feel alone and they realize that this person is walking alongside me on my journey. And I, everybody I work with, I thank them. I, I, I truly feel like it's such a gift when people welcome me into their journey because that's a scary thing to do. It's a scary thing to do to be raw and vulnerable and, and show someone your, your inner truth. I mean, it, it, yeah. it can be really yeah. scary if it's not done with the right person. And I just, I am so grateful for that every day, truly. So you are the founder of Inner Truth Consulting. What was the intention and the purpose of creating this company, which you already actually talked about now, beautifully <laughs> described? No, I can keep going. Um, right. so I could talk today. So I um, honestly, the intention was that I have worked in mental health for many, many years and I have been on the front lines in foster care. I have been on the front lines in working with adolescents, working with people in jail for drugs and alcohol. And I got to a place where I'm not a delicate wallflower, meaning I am someone who, when I feel, I'm very passionate. I'm a passionate human being. And when I feel strongly about something, I will fight for it. And I feel like our mental health system is truly broken. And it, and it, it made me sad. And so I got to a point, you know, where I had worked my way up, I'd run facilities, I've been in high powered positions and I'm so passionate about being a leader. And I just feel like it's really hard to find mental health has become more of a money-making industry in many ways in the sense of like facilities. And so I, just became really tired of not being able to be me, honestly, and feeling like my voice kept getting squashed and feeling like they're just always eyes on every little thing that I did. And I wanted the freedom of being able to just be who I am and attract the people that appreciate that and that truly want to do the work. And that is what inspired it. And I was at a point in my life where I was like, F it, I'm over this. Like I, I've gone through a lot of heavy stuff. I've been doing my work. I want freedom, emotional, spiritual. I want freedom. And, you know, at the time I was a, a single mom raising my son and I said, you know what, there's no better time than now. And that was the biggest leap of faith I've ever taken in my life. And it was every ounce of it. And I feel like because of that, because of the leap of faith because of my father passing away because of, you know, my relationship ending, those were all gifts. Mm -hmm. Those were all truly gifts that allowed me greater perspective to help people that I help. And that's how it started. Right. And that's um, something that we often don't see the gifts behind the challenge. Not at, at the moment, yeah, but there is always a gift. If we can open our minds and our hearts, yeah, there is always a new door everywhere. And be scared and be yeah, vulnerable and right. be like, I was, I felt like a hot mess. And I, and it was, yeah. there was something so beautiful because I, I have, I've always been the person that is fine. Like she's fine. She'll handle it. She'll take care of it. Like I have always been that person that people go to because they know I'll take care of it. And it was so freeing to have that time in my life where I was, a, I felt like a hot mess, but yeah. I was okay feeling that way. And so me being able to sit in that space for me 
allows me to be able to sit in that space with everybody else. And it's just, it's, it's scary. It's anxiety provoking because you have no idea where you're coming out on the other side. Yeah. But it is so, that is when it's true. That is when the most beautiful growth occurs. Yeah, it sounds very powerful to me. If we can do that, be comfortable with the unknown, the unexpected, the unseen. What a gift. Thank you, Jessica, again for being you. So, yeah, talk to me about how you integrate Reiki and psychotherapy. Is that something that's new? I do think it's newer, yes. I So for me, how I do it, because every Reiki master, I've had Reiki from different people and everyone has different gifts, which yeah. is what's beautiful. Just And every therapist has different gifts, right? right? So the way that I do it is I, some people start off just coming to me for therapy. Other people start off just coming to me for Reiki and I offer it. I am a big believer that people know what they're ready for or know what they need. And so I don't push it. If someone, I, I offer it and say, how do you feel about, you know, us trying, like if someone's coming to me for therapy initially, I'll say, how do you feel about us trying some Reiki, trying to move it through? And I explain to them and if they say yes, great, let's do it. And so I'll set up a separate, a separate session that is Reiki. And I have them, everybody does it a little differently. What I do is I have them come into a room. I have them lay on a massage table. I have a, it's heated. I get them really cozy because yeah. to me, I also view it as a really nurturing experience. Mm, yeah, a lot of the people yeah. that I do work on are women. And so a lot of the women I work with are givers. They're giving and giving and giving, but they're not allowing themselves to receive. So right, I see right. this as a huge honor that they're allowing me to nurture them. So when they're on the table, I play some meditation music with no words, but just soft. I have lights down and I just have like a Himalayan rock salt lamp going. Mm. And very often I use stones. Like So intuitively before they even come in, I pick out the stones that I feel they need and I have them hold one stone in each hand. Mm. And then as I do my practice, I get messages. And it but it's what's so amazing is that it's different depending on the person. So for some people, the messages I see depending on what points they're they you know, what places in their body, I'll I'll get visions of animals. For other people, like I'll see people in their life. And then for other people, I will hear things. People will say things to me or I'll see names or so what happens is, is that before session, I'll show people because some people are skeptical. So I'll show yeah. them the pendulum and, and then I'll have them use the pendulum on themselves so that they can see I'm not moving it. Yeah. And then afterwards, I, so I go through each, you know, part of their body afterwards then I'll do the pendulum again to show them that everything is open. And then we sit down and process. And very much the processing is about the, because I can feel their emotion. So I feel people's stuff in my own body when I'm giving Reiki. Oh, wow. So if someone, yeah, it's so powerful. So right. if someone is, you know, really anxious, I can feel that in my body. If someone is having trouble speaking their truth, I can feel that in the back of my throat. I can feel if they have digestive issues. And so what we'll do is at the end, we'll sit down and I'll explain to them, I'm going to tell you what I see. And I need you to, the first thing that comes to mind is what comes out of your mouth, because that's your intuition. Yeah. 
And so they've had that time to sit quiet. And it's, it's beautiful because some people will see the colors from the chakras that I'm working on. Some people will feel the tinglys from where my energy is. I mean, it's just mind blowing. And so then we'll go over, like when I was at this point, this is what I felt. And then I'll have them, you know, we'll look up together what the spiritual meaning of a dove is or what the spiritual meaning of a boat is. And, you know, so I had one young lady that I was working on. I, we went through the session and I said the, the name Owen, I said, that's what keeps coming up for me. And she goes, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I said, what? She said, that's the man I just met this weekend. Mm-hmm. And so it just, you know, I, I'm a conduit literally from the spiritual realm into the physical realm. And so I just share what comes to me and then people, it's up to the person to connect the dots and just to see their faces. And I have some people who I've been doing therapy with for a while. And then we have a Reiki session and I'm able to access things that aren't in their conscious mind. So there are some times that I just tears start flowing because they I accessed something that they didn't even know was there. Wow. It is so powerful. Like I could go on for days. I love it. Yeah. And I know how powerful it is, Jessica. I have somebody in my town that I go, not too often, kind of once a month, I get a Reiki session. And it is very powerful with no words, although we talk after about some of the reactions of the body and all like you do, but not too long conversations about it. But it feels very different after. It's like it's a release, isn't it? We get to release. It is. And it's, you know, and I had like uh, a woman that I just worked on, she, during, she said, I feel this pain in my leg. And so I would go to her leg. And, and what I've noticed in in my work is that once the messages are all given, then the the feeling subsides. So like, you know, when people, say to me, I'm feeling something here, I'll go to that place in their body. Or very often if I'm working on one spot in them, I'll see the color of a different chakra. And so it's telling me to go to that area and to get the messages from that area so that then it can clear. And it's just, uh, and once, once I've gotten all the messages and nothing else comes to me, that's when I know that their, their chakras are clear. Um, There are so many healing techniques, modality, and spiritual practices, but Reiki is one that for some reason I have been attracted to. Me too. For, uh, for a reason. <laughs> yeah. You're writing a book. Do you have a working title, Jessica, for your book? I don't. It's still, it's very much around intuition. I'm, I, right. I'm allowing it to unfold. Mm, um, yeah. And I also, I do a lot of a lot of my practices with my husband. My husband is a, a naturopathic physician and he specializes in traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture. So he and I have also done a lot of work together around um, psychotherapy and acupuncture. And so there are times that I'll um, do therapy with people while they're on needles. Yeah. And so the, the concept are, is the same in terms of energetically moving things through your body. And so we are working together to just kind of put all the great stuff that we're seeing and the healing that we're seeing and learning together into uh, on paper for people to, for people to just to share to the world, because there's just, there's so much goodness that's coming out of it, but it's, it's very much around intuition and helping people. That is the key is helping people to get back to their intuition energetically, you know, spiritually. And so, so that's the theme. To reconnect with that, which is already there, 
this powerful resource we have that has been always there. And yeah, we have lost connection with it. And uh, let me see if I have one more question about intuition. I think I asked before someone here on the podcast about what are the main signs? Like what is one big sign that really shows that we have accessed our intuition? And I remember somebody saying that is love. Intuition is always connected to love. Do you agree with that, Jessica? I do. I agree that it's connected to love. I think that for me, when when I see people connecting with their intuition, how it shows up is they're able to say to me, like if I throw something out, they're able to say, that doesn't sit right in my belly mm, or yeah. that doesn't resonate with me. And then they're able to speak what does resonate with them. So that's very often how I see intuition coming out in the people that I work with is that they're able to speak it and they're able they're they're gaining clarity. I think clarity mm. is such a big piece of our intuition. Very often when we're not connected to our intuition, there's a lot of confusion which which fuels anxiety, right? Because mm. we don't yeah. we don't know where we're headed, what we're doing, you know, what's going on. And so the clarity to me is a huge sign that we have accessed our intuition. There is something about intuition that's also, uh, let's say, it's playful, isn't it? It doesn't show us everything, but there's a sense of trust that we can trust that what's happening. I think that is the key, is that it's this, you, you, you hit the nail on the head, it's this <laughs> inner trust that yeah. when we're ready to know it, we'll know it. Mm, and yeah, I think that, and right. that's what I mean about the clarity is that right. when we don't have the clarity, it's having that confidence that, I know that the clarity is going to come when I'm ready for it mm, and yeah. just trusting in ourselves. And, yeah. and when you've accessed your intuition, that trust is there, that trust is implicit and it's, you're able to stand in that intuition, no matter what people say to you, no matter what things are thrown at you, you're able to say, no, I know this is what's going on. Mm. And it's such an empowering feeling to know your truth. I mean, it just feels phenomenal. I love the way you say that. Yeah, knowing your inner truth. And I wonder if this is the only truth that really exists, our inner truth. There's no such a thing as the A truth with capital T, the ultimate truth. I think you're, I think you're right. I, I, I do believe that because I, so I do a lot of work with couples and co-parenting after divorce. And it's, you know, there's that classic saying, there's, you know, my truth, you know, my version of the truth, your version of the truth, and the truth lies somewhere in between. But as I've worked with people, especially in that situation, it's, it's actually, it's not about the truth and the facts of the situation. It's about your truth and how your truth fuels your behavior and how it fuels your interactions. And when you can understand what's behind your behavior, then it's able to, then you're, you're much more easily able to show up in a dynamic differently and with love and with understanding. Whereas mm. when you're, when you're constantly in search of that, you know, like people say, you're lying, you're lying. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It, it's not, we need to get to the the underlying emotions here because it's not about who said what. Like this right. is not a he said, she said. It's about, okay, when this is said, this is how I perceive it. 
This is what I feel. This is what I hear. And then, and it's about communication at its core because you, you know, and mm-hmm. even with kids where their parents divorce, you're never going to find the truth here. You know what I yeah, mean? Because yeah. there's, there's mom's version and there's dad's version. True. And so it's about reframing what does, what feels like the truth in you and how can you proceed in a way that feels good to you? That is an empowering place to operate from. If we can shift perspective, can we, that's almost like creating or recreating our lives, isn't it? It's creating our own lives, our own experience. It very much Mm. so is because if we take the time to create, because we have the power to create how we show up is largely going to determine how how we engage with the world around us. Yeah. And yeah. if we show up from a loving place, it, you know, and we're able to, and it's, you know, it's joined with how we communicate our love. Yeah. If we show up and are able to communicate from a loving spot, it's the opportunities are endless. It's mm-hmm. when we show up from a place of defensiveness, when we show up from a place of wound that we, you know, there's a phrase that I love. If you don't heal what hurt, if you don't heal what hurt you, you will bleed on the people who didn't. If you Mm. don't heal what cut you, you'll bleed on the people who didn't. But it's something Mm. along those lines. And it's so true. And so when we can heal our own wounds, we're better able to show up in every area of our life with love so that we're not wounding others. Mm, Yes. Thank you for saying that too, Jessica. So true. That's why the healing work, this inner work, it's so important. Thank you a thousand times Thank <laughs> for you. doing that. So we're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. Before that, talk to me a bit more about your services. Do you offer them online, in person only? How does it work? So I, I offer both. I offer what people are most comfortable with. And that's what I say to everyone is what feels right to you. Because again, this is by me asking them that it's creating that space for people to think about it. Right. So for some people we do all in person for some people, it's, it's a combo deal of in-person and or virtual for some people. It's just virtual. Some people's phone, some people's, you know, zoom. It just, I am completely adaptable to what people's comfort level is. And I also tell people, I, I'm not a therapist that says you need to see me once a week at this time, blah, blah, blah. Like I, say to people, so, you know, when do you want to talk again? What do you, you know, what do you think you need? So my last question is to you. What is another word for life? Love. If you knew you would die soon, meaning leaving or losing the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? No, I have always felt so strongly about living my life without regret. And I could die tomorrow and I feel great about the life I've led. I love that answer. Every time I hear, (laughs) not changing anything. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? That it's ever-changing, that love is everything, and gratitude for the people, the experiences, and the gifts that we're given. That's a a huge component, isn't it? Gratitude. 
Thank you so much, Jessica, again and again for your presence, the work you do, how you do it, your authenticity, and this beautiful message of inner truth. You just reminded me over and over about that. That's a beautiful reminder. Thank you. Thank you for your time and and just being so interested in, in what I do. I really, I'm so grateful. And thank you. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your work, your upcoming book, services, and future projects? Um, you can find me at www.innertruthconsulting.com and you can find my me at www.centerfornaturalmedicine.net. Wonderful. Thank you again, and we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You too, Jessica. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Jessica Raystrick and her work, please visit innertruthconsulting.com and centerfornaturalmedicine.net. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.